to share with you what it means to live a blessed life here at the river and what the efforts that we do here at the river and the things and the accomplishments that we've been able to do in just this last year, just this last year. So in one year, in one single year, we have grown our dream team, which is our volunteer team from almost a hundred and 50 volunteers to over 194 volunteers. Is that not incredible? That's almost a 25% increase just in one year. In one year, we've had almost 100 connect cards or new people added to the church just since last August 22nd. Is that not incredible, guys? In two years alone, we have had almost 150 Connect cards filled out. That is new people. That is new folks that have never stepped foot in this church. They are new, and we are fill, they're filling out these Connect cards because they want to fall in love with the river. From 2022 to 2023, in, I'm sorry, in 2022 alone, we had 62 baptisms and 22 people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That was just from January to December of 22. From January to this day's date, we have had 62 baptisms and 11 people filled with the Holy Ghost. And we still have four months left in the year. We have had eight Next Step graduates this year. In Revive Alone, which is our recovery ministry, in 2022, watch this guys, we have served over 5,000. 277 people, both dinner and heavenly manna on Thursday night. Come on. I think they deserve a hand clap. I believe this church deserves a hand clap. In Revive alone, we have had 29 people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. In the midst of all that, we have successfully started a deaf ministry that is self-sustained and reached over 50 people each month and are a part, that are a part of the deaf community. We have successfully started a Spanish church, La Iglesia del Rio, Gloria Adios, and have had a community events and services with over 35 people each time. Just this past Sunday, we had three new people that were of the Spanish community. Is that not incredible? We have done all of this while also helping launch Revival Church in Kenner with the Carbo, supporting Vessel Church in Baton Rouge, and the Bible Church in Florida with the Jacksons. The River Church is thriving, it's growing, and it is made possible because people have decided to look beyond their personal needs and have been empowered to serve other people. 
It's because of you. It's because of our dream team that is almost 200 people strong. There is no comparison. We have a church that loves people, that is willing to serve people. This is the last statistic I'll share. But we are, our services run almost 400 people on a Sunday. Our dream team is almost 200 people. That is 50% of our church that show up on a Sunday that has decided that I'm going to get beyond my personal self and I'm going to serve other people. I believe our church decide, I believe our church needs a hand clap for that. I believe God needs a hand clap for that. There's no comparison. There is simply no comparison when you choose to serve other people because you are doing and you are the heartbeat of God. You are the heartbeat of this church and you are the hands and feet of the body of Christ. I read this on Friday night and for those that are not for those that do not serve here and for those that do serve, I want to read this to you. And it's something I read just last week. And it said, Sundays can look like tasks to accomplish, goals to meet, timelines to follow, words to sing, images to capture, instruments to play, screens to manage, and people to please. To others, it's the same service that saves their marriage. It's the same service that calls their children home from being backsliders. It's the same service that keeps someone from committing suicide. It's the same service that mends relationships and breathes hope into a life that for years has felt hopeless. To the Sunday school teacher, security team, hospitality, greeters, administration team, pastoral team, audio, production team, music director, worship director, every single position at this church. If you're under the sound of my voice, keep doing what you're doing. Because, because if it feels monotonous, if it feels like you're getting wore out, when you continue to know what, when you continue doing what you know to do, you will help save lives. You will save families. You will save that little boy that doesn't have a dad or doesn't have a mom. You will save that young man that sits on the back pew that maybe no one talks to, but just two or three of you guys come up and hug them. That's the mission. That is what we're called to do and reach people. To us, Sundays and Wednesdays and Thursdays can be sometimes exhausting, but to others, it's the only time that they feel safe. To us, these days can be just a true challenge to get through. To others, it's the only day that gets them through. I pray we never forget the weight of every task that we do for the kingdom of God and being a part of the kingdom of God and being filled with God's spirit. I pray that we never underestimate the souls impacted by simply showing up and doing what we know to do, and that is serving. That is how you live a blessed life, is when you look beyond yourself and say that there's more to this than just me. There's more to serving the kingdom of God than to just be a partaker. I've got to be someone that pours back out. 
I pray that we could sacrifice our checklist at times before sacrificing genuine relationships with people. When we serve here at the river, we don't just feel a role or a slot or you just have to help. It's the truest purpose. When you, the way to live a blessed life is when you look beyond yourself and say, I have got to reach others. I have got to reach others. Our priorities must change from us first to whatever is left, to God first, then others. We must change our heartbeat to match Christ, and His heartbeat is people. It's people. It's people. I want to go to my first scripture, John chapter 13, and, and go and explore what John chapter 13 has to say. The book of John in chapter 13, I want to read a couple scriptures to you. And I love this moment in the life of Christ that he has with his disciples and, and he has with the people that he's doing life with. And we all know that during this timing in the book of John chapter 13 that it's a significant time. There are some things that are, are about to get ready to happen that would change the entire world as it has changed our own life today. So let's read it. John chapter 13 verse 1. And it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come. See, Jesus had full awareness of what was coming. And it goes on to say, To depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. One version reads that he showed them the full extent of his love. That actually means the full range of his love. That is what Christ showed them. Verse 2 says, During supper, when the devil had already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. I want to stop for a moment and just kind of harp on this for a second. I want to make sure that it's well understood for a moment of what's happening in Scripture. The Bible says that they had sat down to supper and the devil had already put in the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. Judas had aught in his heart. Probably had an inclination of what he was preparing to do. The Bible was very clear. It said that Satan had... Something that he put in Judas's mind to betray Jesus. The enemy was trying to subdue God's eternal plan for all of us and use someone very close to Jesus. A friend, if you will, that would try to thwart what God's redemption power was about to be poured out. Something happened with Judas that allowed him to listen to the voice of the enemy and allow something to creep in his heart and to try to allow Satan to thwart God's plan. And you see, we forget at times that there is an enemy that is trying to mess up God's plan for all of our life. Satan has no integrity with who he will use either. He doesn't care if it's your friend. He doesn't care if it's your brother, your mother, your aunt, your uncle, your brother, or even your spouse. He don't care who it is. He just wants to get in the way of what God is trying to do in your life. 
He wants to get in the way of you trying to live a blessed life. He will do whatever is necessary to do that. Satan wants to try to stop you no matter the cost and confusion that he will cause. But watch this next verse. Verse 3 says, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God. Think about this for a second. Satan had came and put ought in Judas's heart. It was already established when they sat down to supper. Judas had something in his heart that he was going to portray Jesus. And scripture says, and was very clear when John said it, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things in his hand. Jesus understood his assignment. Jesus understood his purpose. He understood his own plan. He understood that the only way that my people can be blessed is if I lay aside my feelings, if I lay aside my struggles, if I lay aside my own heartaches and let my plan come to fruition. Some of us tonight are being bogged down by Satan planting seeds in your hearts about somebody else. Or trying to convince you to let a situation distract you. But I dare you to do what Jesus is about to do. I dare you to look at the scripture and see how Jesus responds. If you want to live a blessed life, I want you to follow what Jesus is about to do. And watch how the blessings can come your way. Scripture says in verse 4, Jesus rose from supper. And he laid aside his outer garments and he took a towel and tied it around his waist. Notice where Jesus was. Notice what scripture says his surroundings were. Jesus had invited his disciples to his table for supper. Jesus didn't leave anybody out. Jesus invited every single person that was close to him to his table and said let's have supper together and as they entered into the house as they entered into where they were going to eat something began to happen in Jesus you see no matter how difficult they were no matter how jealous they were no matter even if he knew that they were bound to betray him Jesus invited them to his table for a lesson on serving. Here at the river, we believe in this philosophy that is taught by Jesus. The best way to connect and reach people is to invite them to your table. Invite them to come where you eat supper. Invite them to come and feel what you feel. I'm not talking about just inviting them to church. I'm talking about inviting them into your personal life and saying, this is what God has done for me. Let me tell you, my friend, you may be depressed. You may feel down and out. You may feel like the world is ending, but I've been there. I've been there. And look at what God has done with me. When we invite people to our table, it's not just meaning just go eat with them out at Adobe, or it used to be called Adobe, si senor. 
It's not, it's not just inviting them to the dinner table. It's inviting them to your personal table of life and saying, I want to invite you in so that you can experience what I have experienced. The best way to connect and reach people is inviting them to your table. Let others see you outside of these four walls and do life together and bear your burdens together and pray for one another. That is the only way to build relationships with other people. The only way to build relationships with other people is you've got to have other people around you. You can't seclude yourself and say, oh, woe is me. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody calls me. Nobody comes sees me. You've got to get out of your comfort zone and say, who can I reach today? Who can I talk to today? Who can I go out and minister to today? Who can I bring to my table? Who can I Go see today. If you're always around the same people and those people are causing you to stumble or bringing negativity to your life, don't just kick them out the group. Invite some more positive people to the table. Invite some more positive people to the table. And the more people you invite, the more joy you'll feel and they'll feel. Because when you get positive and negative together, what happens? Something begins to overtake the negative. They can't be negative no more. When the joy of the Lord is on somebody, the spirit of Satan cannot subside. You ha- it has to leave. When we invite people to our table, we're being just like Christ. Even though he knew that Judas was going to be there. Even though... There was people at that table that he knew was jealous of others. Even though he knew that there was those that didn't care about the other, he still invited them to supper and said, let's have dinner together. Let's have dinner together. But not only let's have dinner together, but there's a second concept to this that we believe at the river. And Pastor taught this about a table and a towel. A table and a towel. And that next part, a towel, comes from verse 5. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples' feet and to wipe them down with a towel that was wrapped around him. And he said to Simon Peter, who said to him, and he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered, said, what am I doing you do not understand right now? But you will afterwards understand. And Peter said to them, you will not wash my feet. You can't wash my feet. Peter's probably a lot like me. I'm really ticklish on my feet. But not only that, listen, listen. Listen, guys. I said this before. I don't like feet. And I don't like nobody touching my feet neither. When we used to have foot washing here at the church, sometimes I just had to skip out. I was like, no, sir. I don't want to mind touching my feet. And God forbid if I had to wash. God forbid if I had to touch another grown man's feet. Oh. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, guys. I just could not do it. But let me tell you. When the Spirit started convicting you, you just close your eyes and. 
throw some water on the foot, and Jesus bless them. Amen. Let their feet be shod with the gospel. God, put some extra good smell on their feet, Jesus. Fix their crooked toe, God. Please, I rebuke this fungus, Jesus. Jesus' name. But Jesus, Jesus, this is what Jesus did, guys. Jesus got down on his knees and wrapped a towel around himself. And they didn't have just, they didn't have just closed toe shoes like these these days, right? They walked around with sandals. They had the dirt on their feet. They had the dirt in between the toes. They had the disgustingness of life per se, right? And Jesus got the God of all creation, the creator of heaven and earth, decided, I'm going to teach them a lesson. And he got down on his knees and he wrapped a towel around him and he said, watch what I'm about to do. And he tells Peter, if I don't wash you, you cannot have a part. You cannot have a share in me. And Simon Peter said, Lord, not my feet also, but my hands in my head. Because there was something that Peter understood is that no matter the cost, no matter how hard it hurt, no matter how humble I have to get, no matter what I have to put aside, no matter the hurt that I have to look over, no matter the jealousy of John that I've got to get over, I have got to be a part of Jesus and I've got to be a part of his share. I've got to serve. I've got to be like you, Jesus. I've got to be like you. Verse 10 says this, And Jesus said to them, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And if you are clean, but not every one of you, not every one of you is clean. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said, not all of you are clean. Verse 10 and 11 just strikes me very hard because he knew exactly who was going to betray him. He knew exactly who was going to do him wrong. But yet, Jesus said that I am going to wash your feet. There is a lesson about living a blessed life like Jesus. And it is in this, is that we have to lay aside our own personal things in our life. And we've got to pick up a towel and begin to serve. We've got to look beyond our hurt and our pain and say, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? And as I'm about to close and Brother Kyle's going to come up, Jesus led by example. I'm going to let Brother Kyle dive a little bit more into the meaning behind the table and the towel concept. I know I went a little bit overboard with it, but I'm going to let him tag in on verse 12 and 17. But let me leave you with this is that in the first half of this story, Jesus had an understanding that the only way to serve others is through humility and through realizing the cost of saving a soul is not measured in feats or volumes of blood, but it's in the act of serving when nothing can be repaid in return. Jesus bowed on his hands and knees to wash the grime and filth off his disciples' feet to prove to them that servitude is worth more in the kingdom than platforms, positions, titles, and any opportunity. We're going down.